Business Class, a podcast sponsored by the IBEAR MBA program of the USC Marshall School of Business. Expert insight into the world of business. Business Class spoke with Bob Zukas about the digital transformation that continues to sweep the world. Bob teaches the International Business Consulting Project for the USC IBEAR MBA program. He was a PwC consulting partner. My practice area was really new products, new services, new markets. So I was focused on global expansion for the last 30 years. We asked Bob what digital transformation means. It's really how you use the tools of information technology for companies to shape a value proposition. So how they find the next revenue dollar and how they drive profits and and their other stakeholder uh, responsibilities. We asked Bob to talk about the impacts of technology, specifically the exploding impacts of social technology. Some of the research that I did for my book in 2013 was uh, really focused around social, social technology. And what I did is, is I reframed that conversation through a historical lens. So, so I wanted to frame, reframe the conversation for the executives that I talked to around that technology, but also around the perspective that that technology isn't new. Societies and businesses have been dealing with social technologies for hundreds, if not thousands of years. The telephone was a social technology. Uh, The mass-produced written word, um, the printing press was a social technology. And if if you go through history and you see what happened as those technologies evolved, that's what I try to get my clients to focus on. Not the tool, not the shiny object, because the tools are always changing, but how behaviors change and how we use the tools to shape the world around us. So when you have that conversation with executives, you don't focus on bits and bytes and processing speed and the nuances of the internet. You focus more on how we use the tools to create the world we want to live in. He noted the increasing velocity of change. What's interesting is you look through history, um, the adoption cycles of the tools that we have today are much, much faster than they have historically been. And the penetration rates are much higher too. So you've got all these phenomenal tools, everybody starts using them before we know what the implications of using them are. And we're seeing that play out uh, with with how communications uh, are being perceived, whether they're real, whether they're not real, uh, because the people that control the technology don't understand it yet. So that, that time frame is, is condensed compared to how the telephone diffused over time, how the mass-produced written word diffused over time. But the one thing that is certain, the one thing that history tells us, um, is that the companies and the societies that understand these technologies and can exploit them have better economic outcomes. Uh, Going back 500 years to when the mass-produced written word came out, the economies that adopted that technology grew at rates that were three to four times those that didn't. So, you know, the power of information, the power of information processing, distribution, consumption, it can be a good thing, but it can also be a very, very bad thing, and that's what we're seeing. But history also teaches us that the bad precedes the good until we understand how to control it. We asked, does control equal regulation? 
Partly the non-understanding, but also partly it's not controlled. So the control mechanisms of regulation and, and how companies govern things uh, aren't in place yet, right? So, uh, and this goes back to how the mass-produced written word was exploited early on as well. And we're seeing that now with misinformation, disinformation, just at a scale that we've never before seen. So, so people with nefarious intent um, see the opportunity to exploit, and that's what they do. They exploit, and then once they exploit, and we see the damage that could be done, the governance frameworks, the leadership frameworks start to understand the technology and start to put mechanisms in place to control it. And we're just starting to have that conversation now around social. Bob spoke about the shift of tech being driven by consumer adoption rather than industry. When I started my career uh, 25, 30 years ago, businesses were the early adopters of technology. You'd get the latest and greatest as, as, as a citizen by through your company. That doesn't work that way anymore. We adopt things because they're available to us now. So companies are playing catch up. So, so citizens are using this stuff, uh, exploring what to do with it, changing their behaviors, the reason they do things, how communications change, how communities come together and form and for what purpose, uh, and then how to use the technologies to achieve uh, an end result, whether that's a positive one or a negative one. Um, but um, uh, yeah, it's, it's not so much the structures of business and government understanding the tools, they're reacting right now because as consumers, we're far, far ahead of them and, and that gap is expanding significantly. We turn to the dark side. Specific negative is fake news, right? So the exploitation and the manipulation of people at scale, uh, you know, through a communication medium that can basically reach someone regardless of where they're at around the world. In terms of uh, cybersecurity risk, yeah, it was, it was really what we're seeing in the U.S. Uh, with the election. And, and, you know, a president that you know, seems to have impulse control problems and uses this as a communications modality and as a governance and, and a mechanism to, um, uh, to broadcast his, his opinion on any wide range uh, of issues. I actually thought when I, I made that prediction around the rebooting of political leadership, um, even though I did make the observation that the negative always precedes the positive, I actually thought that would be a positive outcome, and I thought that that tool would be used to really rally, uh, you know, positive change and for positive impact. But I actually had the observation that we always use these tools for the negative to begin with. So, so that's probably the thing that I, I continue to shake my head the most about, and, and, and I think it just amplifies, uh, you know, the issues that we've been talking about and, you know, what the, what the risks are as well as what the impacts of these technologies are at a level that we've never seen before. It's just, it's just unprecedented. Then he talked about Facebook and the power of Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, well, well, what's what's difficult for him is to predict how people will use the tool, and and he didn't have really uh, a long term vision for how human behavior would evolve. There was no way he could know. Um, I I, th I think if if you looked at history, you could have ha had. Um, 
a high-level view of, of, of what would happen, and that's what I wrote about in 2013. Uh, one of the things I wrote about, one of the predictions I, I made was uh, the rebooting of political leadership through these tools, and that was in 2013, before our latest election cycle here in the U.S., and now we have a president who that's his preferred communications modality, and, and it's, it's shaping and influencing behaviors, opinions, policy, um, stock markets, market capitalizations for the companies that he decides to, to tweet about uh, all over the world, right? But, but you could see that coming if you understood the technology through a little bit of a different lens. We saw Congress didn't understand basic issues of, of how Facebook's business model and basic, very basic issues of the internet. So the governance structures, uh, and you see this in corporate boardrooms. I spent a lot of time speaking to corporate boards and directors about technology to try to get them understand these issues. And that's the nature of their questions because that's the demographic of that authority framework that exists in government as well as uh, in, in businesses. And I think that's a big part of the challenge, but we're starting to see some movement uh, on that and we're starting to see that issue change as well. Um, but it takes time, it takes disaster, it takes exposure, uh, it takes risk for us to realize, hey, there's something happening here and let's try to fix it. And the, the, the point comes down for us as an individual consumer, it's not free, right? So what's the value of our information? What's the value of the data that, uh, about our behaviors, about who we know, what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, on a minute-to-minute -minute basis? But what was fascinating with the Zuckerberg testimony was the first question, one of the first questions that was asked about whether he would be comfortable disclosing the hotel he stayed at the prior night. And he hesitated and he said no. Uh, something very simple like that, um, you know, the concepts of privacy, um, data privacy, digital information privacy, most people have a very low competency level to, to understand that issue. We wanted to know what he told his corporate clients on these issues. First thing I tell them is get somebody in the boardroom that understands uh, cybersecurity risk as well as digital risk. Improve your digital diversity uh, uh, in your corporate boardroom. Uh, there was a survey, Equilar did a survey in 2017, only 14% of directors have any type of technology, new technology skills across the corporate boardroom community. So, so when the leadership, when the governance doesn't understand this issue, they don't know the questions to ask, they can't hold others accountable, and even if they, they, they do ask some of the right questions, there's, they have a very low probability of understanding the answers. Um, so, so first and foremost, it's we, we've got a, a digital diversity problem across governments around the world as well as across businesses around the world. You, you fix that by improving their understanding of these tools and technologies. And the, 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 the platform has been burning for a while um, with all the cybersecurity breaches, so everyone's on notice right now. Um, and you're starting to see this tsunami of regulation come out uh, around cybersecurity risk. Um, it's all over the place though. Um, penalties, criminal penalties, civil penalties, the GDPR regulation out of Europe raises the, the, the stakes around companies' accountability for this issue. That's really what the legislation is doing. It's putting it on the private sector to say, this is your problem, do something about it. It's not being prescri prescriptive in terms of what they should do about it. It's just putting penalties out there. Um, so, so, but that's a first step, and you always see that. It's a first step 
um, to, to any type of crisis. And, and that's where we're at right now with, with information. It's an information crisis. To the extent we don't figure out how to, how to, how to deal with a cybersecurity issue, we won't get the benefits of the digital transformation. He got more specific on advice for companies and individuals. Uh, company, uh, get a digital uh, director into your boardroom. That's a fairly easy thing to do because uh, there's a lot of executives, digital executives like myself, my colleagues, my former colleagues at PwC, software executives, technology executives, CISOs, CIOs that want to be in the boardroom and want to be a part of solving this problem. Um, the second issue is, is an education one across the employee base uh, around the risks of this technology. It's not just the tool, it's the people, and it's the process of it as well. It's not just the, the, the physical components of securing a piece of data or a piece of infrastructure. It's really the behavioral issues around that. And, and then the third part for companies is understand how you can change your world with these tools. There's phenomenal amounts of, of, of power and ways to change the economics of your business, ways to change the ability of your, your, your employee base to, to think differently, to work differently, to, to create value in news, new ways. So get the governance in place, educate your employees that this is a people process and technology issue, uh, and then understand the upside. Understand the upside and exploit the upside, and you'll be able to do it in a responsible way. For, for people, um, First and foremost, uh, what's the value on your data? What's the value on your privacy? You need to understand what you're exposing through these tools. Um, you're not going to stop using them. We know that, but understand what the trade-offs are around that. Um, that's kind of first and foremost. That's uh, probably my first, second, and third for, for people with these tools. And, and recognize what you're doing through your behaviors with the tools. We're going to continue to explore. We're going to continue with it to experiment. That's what we do as human beings whenever we have a new tool. Um, but you have to understand the downside of these technologies and make informed decisions. We asked Bob to take it to the extreme. A lot of the cyber risks are through nation-states exploitation of these technologies, right? So, so back to that geographic, you don't have to roll tanks. Uh, in order to take over a country anymore. You just have to turn it against itself through the technology of these tools. And that's exactly what's happening right now, right? It's, it's a lot more cost effective than, than you know, mobilizing uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand people and the, the hardware that goes along with it. Al Pacino explained all this? There was a great movie uh, uh, called The Devil's Advocate, Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. Um, it was 1997. I actually had to go look it up when I watched it the other night on television. Al Pacino, towards the end of the movie, he has got, does this great uh, kind of diatribe towards Keanu Reeves about, you know, we've internet connected the world and we've enabled every, the amplification of every ego impulse that any human being could have on the planet. And this is the devil. And this, that's his dream, right? And we've, we've uh, 20 years later, here we are. And uh, I saw that movie and I, I shook my head and I said, wow, he, he just explains, explained what we're talking about. Business class. Expert insight into the world of business. The host is Dick Drobnik, producer Pankaj Bhushan, director Dan Griffin, web developer Rick Pine, and I am Robin Garthwaite.